There's a lot of hopelessness out there in our community. There's a lot of problems, jobs, politics, housing prices, taxes, overcrowded schools that are underfunded, healthcare, drugs, homelessness, and crime. We've got these big problems in our community today. How can we possibly fix the problems that Clarksburg has? We can't. We can't. We can change the things around us. Things can get better for a little while. But ultimately, we have a people problem. Our priorities and our desires and our focuses naturally tend towards ourselves. For many more than we want to see our city succeed, we want to succeed. Because we're selfish people. And we can put lipstick on a pig, and we can put band-aids on the problem. And yes, we can and should help people and do good. But ultimately, the only thing that can really change people is the gospel. We can keep the top spinning for a little while, but eventually it's going to wobble off of center. And see, these problems aren't new. And yes, our problems here in Clarksburg are glaring and obvious at times. But every city in America is full of lonely and depressed and broken people. And hurt people hurt people. And broken people try to numb the pain. And insecure people throw their weight around to try and prove that they matter. There's only one long-term, real, genuine fix, and his name is Jesus. The one that healed the lame man can heal your hurt and your brokenness. The one that made you proves your worth. In the uh, movie series Toy Story, sometimes Sheriff Woody can get a little bit of doubt filled with him and a little bit insecurity. But when he has those times, all he does is he looks at the name that is scrawled on his boot. And that means something. Andy is his owner, and that means something. And every person in this town needs to see and understand that they are made in the image of God, and God's signature is all over them. And that means something. It means that they have value, and it means that they have worth. And that's the problem that many people struggle with. They don't understand their worth and that they are made in the image of God. Well, if the gospel is the fix, then what is the gospel? It's one of those words that we throw around and we like to describe ourselves as a gospel-centered church. And see, the gospel is simple, but it's also infinitely deep. So let's start with the most basic truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's such simple truth, the most beautiful words in the English language right there. For God loves all the world. Does that mean the people that wear backpacks in our town? Yes. Does that mean the people that are lying on the sidewalk? Yes. 
Does that mean the one that doesn't care, the person that's a business owner that doesn't care about those things, does God still love them? Yes. See, God's love was proven by a great sacrifice, his son. And you are the recipient of that gift if only you would accept it. For those of us that have accepted that gift of salvation, many of us prayed a simple prayer to ask forgiveness and proclaim our faith in Jesus Christ. But is that all that the gospel is? Did that gospel end when we said amen? Well, what if I prayed a prayer and I actually uh, have no real evidence of any type of change that has happened in my life? Rest assured, the gospel does not make you perfect overnight, but it definitely does change you. And that change is the real and the genuine and the long-lasting change that this city needs. If you're anything like me, at times in your life, your Christian walk has been anything but enjoyable. I grew up in a hyper-conservative church that left me with the impression that God was mad at me. Often you would hear the preaching laced with uh, phrases like, well, if you were a good Christian, you would do this, uh, and God's only going to be pleased with you if you do this, or a real Christian looks like this. And there was always another thing to add, and always another area where I didn't stack up, and left me defeated, and doubting whether God really even wanted me, and whether he loved me, and honestly, whether I should even try at all. I felt like God was constantly standing over me, telling me that I wasn't enough. I knew the doctrine of salvation, and I knew that Jesus took the penalty of my sin, but there was no joy in my salvation, and there were times that I wanted to just give up completely. The truth of the gospel had not moved from my mind into my heart. See, when I say that this city needs the gospel, and the gospel is the only fix. I don't need, mean more people uh, need to practice religion, and I don't mean that we need more church events, and I don't even mean that we need more people attending church. No, what we need is more people experiencing the changing power of a real and vibrant and continuous relationship with Jesus. We need more people with not just a head knowledge, but whose hearts have fell in love with the gospel, rediscovering the truths in God's word and relying on them every day. Jonathan Edwards had an experience like that where he was awakened to the beauty of the gospel. And more than just in his intellect, but in the depths of his soul, he said he basically before was a man that had known in his head that honey was sweet. But for the first time, that sweetness had burst alive in his mouth. Greer gives us four truths that push the gospel from our heads into our hearts. And that's what the basis is for this series. Running from religion and towards relationship. He says this, he says the gospel is not just supposed to be our ticket to heaven. Supposed to be an entirely new basis for how we relate to God, ourselves, and others. It is to be the source from which everything else flows. Before we talk about this first truth, ask yourself this 
Have I put my faith in what Jesus did to rescue me from the penalty of sin and to bring me back into relationship with God? It's not, did I pray a prayer? Or did I go forward in the service? Or did I get baptized? Or did my childhood Sunday school teacher pray over me? No, the proof of your salvation is actually not something in your past at all. The proof of your relationship with God is, am I relying right now on what Jesus did for me to bring me back into relationship with God? It's not about an experience in the past. The evidence that you have is, am I trusting right now in what Jesus did on the cross? The gospel working in you is not just something that happened in the past. It is a real thing that's working in you right now. 1 Peter 2, 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree, that we might die to sin and live, that's a continuous thing, and live to righteousness. By his wounds, we've been healed. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and the overseer of your souls. Maybe you've wondered in your Christian life why your walk is such a bore. And why it's so hard to make you uh, yourself do the things that you know the Bible commands you to do. Well, if I were you, I'd investigate what you're trusting in. And whether you really have a relationship with God. Because religion might tell us what to do, but only the gospel gives us the power to do it. Now, I never want to cause a person that has accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, I would never want to cause that person to doubt. But I absolutely do want to cause any person that has put their faith in anything else to doubt their salvation. Because there is one way, one narrow way to God. And that is through the name of Jesus Christ. As a Christian, you never graduate from the gospel. It's never too elementary for you. Tim Keller says this, that the gospel is not just the ABCs of Christianity. It's A through Z. It's not just the first step in a stairway of truth. It's more like a hub of God's wheel of truth. And all other Christian values flow out of it. So that's what this series is about. That real change and a real fix comes from heart change and a heart fix. And that only comes through realizing our brokenness, calling out to the one that fixes us. Not just relying on Christ to save us, but also to keep us and to help us and to change us every day. So that we can understand the width and the length and the height and the depth of God's love for us. Paul prays this for the church in Ephesus in Ephesians 3.17. He says that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of of God. You've got to live in the beauty of the gospel. It's God tells us we can be full 
of it. And we can begin to understand the height and the depth and the length and the width of God's love for us. That's not just a one-time thing that happened a long time ago where I asked Jesus to save me. I, I prayed and I got baptized and I joined a church and now I'm a Christian and I don't need to worry about any of that anymore. No, it is the continually preaching the gospel over and over and over again to your heart. Because just like you couldn't save yourself, you can't help yourself, you can't keep yourself. Just like you couldn't be good enough to get and earn your way to heaven, you can't be good enough right now. You need Christ. And that's the amazing thing, is that he already paid the price. And the Bible tells us that we have his righteousness now, not our own. So all that was introduction. And here's the first point, and there's only one point today. How do we push the gospel from our heads into our hearts? If you've been here long, you've heard me say this first point. In Christ, there is nothing that I can do with that would make God love me anymore. And nothing that I can do that would make God love me any less. As a person who grew up in a performance-based Christianity, you cannot understand the relief that that brings me. That I can't make God love me more and there's nothing I can do to make God love me less because God is love and God is perfect love. And there's nothing that I can do to make him love me more or have done that is make me love him love me less. When I used to feel about how God, uh, and think about how God felt about me, the only conclusion that I could come to is that he was disappointed. Sure, sometimes I would do my devotions three days in a row, but then I would miss a day, right? And I could feel that critical stare from who I thought God was. And then I wouldn't read my Bible for a month then, because I knew that God was just angry at me, and, and I knew that there wasn't any real reason to try because I just failed. See, we've all heard and we know that Christ took the punishment for our sins. And we know that Christ gave us his righteousness instead of our own. But then we still think that we have to work to keep God pleased with us. But the Bible says that if you are in Christ, you're a new creature. And if you are in Christ, no matter where you're at, God sees Christ's righteousness when he looks at you. Think about that. You stand innocent before God. You weren't good enough to save yourself, and you're not good enough now either, but Christ is, and he paid that price. You need the sacrifice of Christ today just as much as you needed it the day that you got saved. But Martin Luther says that our hearts are hardwired for works righteousness. What does that mean? It means if we stop paying attention, and if we uh, stop preaching the gospel to our hearts, we'll always go back to a place where we believe that if we would just be better, do better, or stop this habitual sin in our lives, that then God would be pleased with us. But that's not who God is. Yes, our relationships in this, on this earth many times act that way. Well, if you do this for me, then I'll do that for you. But it is not a transactional relationship with God. Why? Because we don't have anything to bring. There is nothing that God needs from us, but he loves us. And you stand before God innocent. 
We must preach the gospel to our hearts daily that our righteousness was gifted, not earned. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not your own doing, but it is a gift of God. Not the result of works, so that no one may boast. And that same faith that it took for you to receive that grace is the same faith that you need to live in every single moment of every single day. Remembering that you are just a sinner that is saved by grace. And if God were not so good, you would be in hell right now. But he is good, and he does love you. And that is how he looks at you today. If I would throw my biggest sins and my biggest failures up here on the screen behind me today, I would be absolutely devastated. And some of us, that's how we think of ourselves. We think of ourselves as us at our worst. We believe that there are stains on us that we can't shake. We believe that there are things that can't be forgiven, they can't be forgotten. And that's who we think we are. But you must remind yourself and your heart daily that your failures are not your identity. But my identity is that I am an accepted child of the king of the universe. I have worth not because of my deeds, but because of the price that was paid for me. Our sin and failure can never again separate us from the love of God. Psalms 103.12 says that God put our sins as far away as the east is from the west. Hebrews 13.5 says that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Romans 8.1 tells us that there is now no condemnation for those of us that are in Christ Jesus. In Christ there is nothing that I can do to make God love me anymore and nothing that I have done that can make him love me any less. Well, Pastor Phil, what if I surrendered to be a missionary? Then he would love me more, right? Nope. What if I sell my house and give all the money to the church? He would love me more then, right? Nope. Well, what if I skip church for three months? He wouldn't love me as much then, right? Wrong. See, God doesn't want you to come to church because he has these lists of things that you need to do. No, it's the best possible thing for you. And he knows that you weren't made to walk alone and that you can't succeed without it. If God moves on you to give in some generous way, it's an amazing opportunity and a blessing to be able to give to God. And if God calls you to be a missionary, it's because it's the best possible thing that could ever happen to you. Those aren't ways to earn God's love. God already loves you. So stop trying to earn it and just love him because he's so amazing and beautiful and kind and generous and forgiving and full of mercy and full of grace. That's a God that deserves our love. You couldn't earn it. You don't deserve it, but yet he gave his life away. Now, if you only do things... To to get people to love you. That's not love. That's you being selfish. You're just doing something to get something back. And if your motivation is to earn God's love, then you're not trusting the gospel. 
If you've got some sin in your past that you're trying to make up for, hey, the cross was enough. And you can't add anything to it. Sacrifice of Jesus Christ was enough to cover your sin. Mark 10, 45 tells us why Jesus came. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. We only love God because he first loved us. And everything we do for God now should flow out of that love. Not out of duty, not out of obligation. Pastor Phil, that's pretty dangerous. What if people just start doing whatever they want because God's going to forgive them anyway, right? I'm just free to sin now, right? And I could just disobey God's word. No, obviously not. Romans 6, 1 tells us, should we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Instead, you should love God enough and trust and obey him, having the faith that his way is the best way. But God loves me and he'll just forgive me, so I'll just sin and then I'll ask for forgiveness later. Why would you do that to a God that had so much love, so much mercy, and so much grace? Why would you treat a God that way that would forgive you every time? Our heart is deceitful and it's desperately wicked. We have to preach the gospel to our heart over and over and over again. And in fact, it might even be harder if you've been saved a long time because you could begin to think the story's old or it's old hat. You might have to remember the beauty of the gospel because you never get past that. And if you're ever hoping that there'll be a day that Pastor Phil stops preaching about it, it's not going to happen. Because it's all we've got, that I'm a sinner. And that God loved me so much that he saved me. And that only through him do I have the power to change. That's it. And I must rely on that every single morning. God, without you, I'm going to destroy myself. God, without you, I'm going to ruin everything. God, without you, my heart is going to tend towards selfishness and sin. God, today, I submit myself to you just like that day that I asked you to save me. And I put my faith in what you're going to do just like I put my faith in you that moment I got saved. See, the fight against self-righteousness never stops. Your heart is hardwired for works righteousness. And if you've been around churches that are dead and cold, and they're those people that walk around telling everybody else what they do wrong and complaining about everything, that's self-righteousness. And if there's anyone that you can look around in this room and say, I'm not as much of a sinner as they are, then you need to preach the gospel to your heart again. Because we're all equally sinners There's no one worse in this room. And that's why Paul would say, I'm the chiefest of sinners. I heard a pastor say, well, if Paul's the chief, I'm definitely one of the Indians. What does that mean? It means I deserve hell. And if we would know that and live in it, and the fact that I deserved all that, but God loved me enough to do something about it and to save me. You may have been saved for 30 years, but if you're not careful, 
You're going to begin to trust on your experience and on your wisdom, and you're going to begin to say they didn't do those uh, do it that way back when I was uh, a kid, or things were better back then, or hey, you need to listen to me because I've got all this uh, wisdom. The only wisdom we have is contained in God's word. That's the only wisdom we can trust. I quoted that song already. That song that says, I couldn't earn it, I don't deserve it, but still you give your life away. We need to preach that to our hearts every morning, every afternoon, and every night. In Christ, there's nothing I can do that would make God love me anymore. And there's nothing that I have done that can make God love me any less. Imagine with me that every person in Harrison County began to believe that. Imagine with me that they began to believe that they were made in the image of God and that there is a God that loves them so much. And that their life is not an accident, their life is not a mistake, that they were made by the greatest artist that has ever been made, and he doesn't make mistakes. And that they are a masterpiece. And no, they can't earn their way to heaven, but here's good news, the price has already been paid. There's so many searching for purpose and the meaning of life in our community. And the gospel is the fix. Who is going to tell them? With every head bowed and eyes closed, the band's going to come. I'm going to ask anybody this morning that has a burden for our city, come. And pray for our city. Let's join as one, praying together that God would change this city, knowing that that change is not going to come through the city council, it's not going to come through the police department, it's not going to come through economic stimulus, it's only going to come. Real and lasting change will only come through God changing our hearts. As they play, I'm going to invite you to come. If you've got a burden for this city, to come and let's join in prayer and say, God, we don't have answers. God, but we know that you have the power to do what we need.